Thomas Kuster, author of Partners for Life, The Seven Stages of Love, The Nature of Relationships, and The Date Night Project presents The Stages of Love, a podcast series. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. This is Thomas, and welcome to today's podcast, The Heart. When it comes to love, when it comes to being a couple, there's something very special and very important about the heart. Over centuries, the heart has been referred to in many ways that are far beyond just a blood pump. My heart aches for that family. I am brokenhearted about it. The heart is filled with joy about the birth of that baby. She died from a broken heart. That just names a few. When you say, I love you, and emotionally express it, what you're saying beyond those words is you can trust me with your heart. Not the blood pump but the emotional body heart. You're actually saying, your heart is in my hands and you can trust me with that. Now, when we come into relationships, what we don't say is that my heart comes with many emotional wounds. That is, tender spots, bruises, emotional wounds that are left behind by heartaches and heartbreaks from my past. So let's distinguish a heartache and a heartbreak. A heartache is an emotional incident that leaves an emotional wound, a tender spot, if you will, a bruise. That tender spot can pretty well take care of itself. That is, on its own, in a relatively short period of time, it will heal. You will experience it. It will take some time, possibly. But it will likely need very little outside influence to pass. Here's an example of a heartache. My brother Eddie and I are in the back seat of my dad's 1963 Chevrolet Impala, and we're looking out the back window sadly as we're driving away from the only home we'd ever known. We're moving. We're moving away from our big cherry tree, our two plum trees, our three apple trees, our two peach trees, all the bumblebees, and all the things that we knew and grew up with to move to a subdivision. Brand new school, no trees, a totally different environment. And that was a heartache. But you see, it wasn't long after we made our new home We got settled in, we got into our new school, we had new friends, and we had new activities. And the heartache naturally passed. 
a heartache will pretty much take care of itself. Can you think of any heartaches in your life? Notice that they have very little impact in your current experience of life and on your current relationships. Consider it's kind of like hitting a key on a piano and the tone lingers, but then it fades. Now, there are heartbreaks. Heartbreaks are different. A heartbreak is different because unlike a heartache, the bruise, the tender spot, the emotional wound that's left behind by a heartbreak will last much longer and can be reignited over and over again for an entire life. It will often require outside assistance for that tender spot, that bruise, that wound, to sufficiently heal, leaving you free from its impact on your day-to-day -day emotions, your day-to-day -day relationships, and your day-to-day -day life. Here are a few examples of some heartbreaks. It's my birthday in 1994. My spouse and I are at the doctor's office getting the results from our very first HIV test. I'm very excited because tonight will be the first time that we as a couple in the nine years we've been together had ever had unprotected sex. The doctor walks in and he says, Thomas? I said, yes. He said, you're negative. I was like, yay, wait, wait a minute, wait. And then he says, Jesse, you're positive. In that moment, my world crumbled. I felt dead inside. I felt betrayed. I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. I was heartbroken. And nine months later, he died. Another one. I'm in the backyard of my best friend Bobby's house who lived next door. We were about four years old and they had a great big ditch in their backyard because they were about to lay a sewer line. That ditch was so inviting and we were having a blast out there playing in it when all of a sudden, I felt a great big hand grab me by the neck, jerk me up into his arms and pull my pants down and start beating my bare butt as he walked up the hill towards our house. It was my dad. And as I looked out, I could see Bobby, my friend, his father, and all my other little friends look up in disbelief. Not only was I humiliated and embarrassed for the first time ever, my dad wouldn't listen to me. 
I wanted to tell him. Bobby's dad said it was okay. You see, before my father had left for work, he saw me looking at that ditch. And he said, son, don't go in that ditch. It could be dangerous. And I said, okay. But later, Bobby invited me, and I told Bobby, I can't. My dad said no. But then Bobby's dad spoke right up and said, don't worry about it, T. It'll be fine. I'm going to be here with you. So I ran to the ditch. I was heartbroken. Not the humiliation or the embarrassment, as much as my dad wouldn't listen to me. Another one. It was four o'clock in the morning and my telephone rang. I struggled to wake up and I answered the phone and it was my dad and he said, son, are you at home? And I said, yes, and I jumped up. What's wrong? Your brother just got killed. My brother, Eddie, had stepped out of his broken down vehicle in Louisville, Kentucky on a freeway and stepped right in front of an SUV and it killed him instantly. I was broken hearted. Last one. I was off to a training and I was driving, oh, about an hour away from home. I was about halfway to the training when I realized, darn, I'd forgotten some important documents that I needed. Fortunately, I'd left early enough that I really did have time to turn around and go back, so I did. When I got back, I walked into my house and my business partner and best friend at the time had wet hair, was wrapped in a towel with no other clothes on, as well as my spouse. At first, I didn't know what to make of it. I ran in, I got my papers, I said, gosh, what are you guys up to? What are you doing here? And they made up some cockamamie story before I realized my spouse and my business partner were having an affair. Never in my wildest dreams ever did that ever occur to me as even possible. I was heartbroken. Consider now some of your own heartbreaks. Remember, a heartbreak lingers. It can last longer. In fact, as you think of them now, you may even feel the impact at the level of your heart. Please begin now and don't get stuck with any of it. About 30 more seconds. 
15 more seconds. And please come back if you need more time to look at your heart breaks or your heart aches, simply pause the podcast and start back when you've had the time you've needed. But can you see the nature of a heartbreak? The nature of a heartbreak is that it hangs around and it will influence most of your decisions when it comes to relationships to people and to life. Another aspect of a heartbreak is that it leaves a very tender spot that when it gets hit, reignites all the emotion, all the feeling of that original moment, just like it is happening right now. If you use the same concept as hitting a key on a piano, this key got hit harder and the tone lingers longer. And then we take on a lover. We develop a couple. And mostly we don't consider these tender spots. You know you have them. We know that they seem to impact us, but when we're falling in love, they seem to disappear, don't they? And we also fail to realize that our beloved comes with their own set of tender spots as well. And this is where it gets interesting. We trust each other with our heart. The relationship expands, and then we proceed to tap on or press on the soft spots, those tender spots on each other's hearts. How do we do that? Why do we do that? We're going to address both the why and how collectively. It just so happens that your beloved is the perfect choice to hit those tender spots. Those spots that will ignite memories from those past heartbreaks, those past experiences. Not the brain memories. See, because the brain memories would bring logic to the experience. But no, it is the emotional memories, the memories that are imprinted on the heart, the feeling of it. You hit that note using the example of the key on the piano. It gets hit and that tone again begins to linger. It's as though that thing that happened in the past 
is actually happening right now, emotionally. And then consider that we're completely ignorant to the matters of the heart. Completely ignorant. Moment by moment by moment, we live out our lives. But we relate to the moments, not as moments, but as a fluid and continuous line. I call that the timeline life. The timeline life looks like this. You're born, and there's this long line, we hope, and then you die. And we relate to that as our life. The timeline life. To have real power with those tender spots, with those emotional wounds, we want to get really good at shifting from the timeline experience of life to the moment-by-moment -moment experience of living life, the right-now life. It's within these moment-by-moment -moment moments, the right-now life, that the possibility of healing emotional wounds becomes very real. Let's consider a real-life experience. When I was a little boy and my dad jerked me out of that ditch, that incident, the tone of that incident is that I'm not worth listening to. So therefore, in my marriage, if my spouse isn't listening to me, what immediately gets hit is that tender spot. And then it's just like that keyboard. Think about the piano. You hit the key hard, and now the tone lingers. And then there's a reaction to that tone. My reaction is I'm not worth listening to. And that could go a thousand different directions. You get that picture. But if you shift immediately to the right now life, to the moment by moment by moment by moment by moment by moment experiencing life. That is, slow down. Stop and step back. Let go of your reactions. Let go of the feeling as much as you can without resisting anything. And then remind yourself, that is not happening now. Is my spouse really not listening to me? Probably. But maybe my spouse is preoccupied. Maybe there is something else on his mind. Maybe my story got boring or too long. Maybe he's tired of listening. All of which could be very valid without impacting who I am. In fact, it opens up a possible conversation that might sound like, oh, it seems like you might be preoccupied. Do you have something on your mind? Is there something you want to talk about? Or, I think I might be boring you, huh? I've talked about this too many times. I've talked about it too long. Or you may not say anything at all. You may just shift your experience so you're dealing with reality. Another example. My spouse 
had an incident when he was very young that left him feeling that he was inadequate, not good enough, that he really just couldn't do anything right. So one day, I come home, he's done a particular decoration, and I'm not satisfied with it. My immediate looking at it, I start to say things that I think it might need, things that I would do differently. In my world, it was not an attack, but for him, it hit that tender spot. And the conversation turned into something that was never, 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 never happening. And we slowed down. Stop and step back. And we got to the right now life so that we could actually talk through and get that's not what's happening. Not only did he get freed up from the pain of that tender spot, it brought us closer together. When you shift to a moment by moment by moment experience of living life, that is, slow down, slow down. Of course, you're having lots of experiences. Of course, it feels very much like that very moment when that original heartbreak occurred. And if you slow down enough, what you see is that the emotional response is to the emotional memory and not to what's happening. And when you move through these, there's a new beginning for the couple. Before we go, there is something I want to leave you with. Actually, there's two things. One, you might want to listen to my podcast titled Full Moments. The Full Moments podcast will give you an access to having the kind of relationship that's open and will heal more quickly to these kinds of things. The other thing I want to leave you with is that I believe in true love. I believe in love being expressed, love being experienced, and love being expanded wherever we are. And that's why the stages of love exist. I'd be very interested in hearing from you. Please email me directly at thestagesoflove at gmail.com and feel free to visit my website at www.thestagesoflove.com Thank you very much for listening. Good day. 